Let us pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time. We pray now, God, for all of those who are present in this place and those who are watching via streaming. We pray now that as your word goes forth, someone will be helped, somebody will be challenged to become all that you have called them to be. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. For many, Mother's Day is a day of bliss and delight. People look forward to it, plan for it, and are excited about it. The chance to show love to mama, to remember a mother's love. But the same cannot be true about Father's Day. As a matter of fact, for many, the pain of Father's Day is so great that it's really a day marked by misery, despair, and sorrow. Because whether your father was present in the home or not, there are many who just didn't have that kind of close, loving relationship with their fathers like they did with their mothers. And it has created this new term, this new, if you will, slice of psychology and sociology. It's commonly called daddy issues. There are a number of people who have trouble functioning in authority, don't take orders, don't respond well to certain tones or certain actions. And it's been labeled daddy issues. Now, somebody may ask, what's a daddy issue? Daddy issues are the unresolved issues people have because of the relationship or lack of relationship with their fathers or from the significant male figures in their childhood. And these unresolved issues from the past affect their present interactions with people creating a pattern of behavior based upon a perpetual underlying feeling of unease in yourself. I can remember talking to my pastor, Dr. E.K. Bailey, and we was having an issue with one of the members of the church, and he said to me, he said, I, I think she's having some daddy issues. I think he's having some daddy issues. A bad relationship with dad, unresolved, that was carried over into other relationships. Brothers, maybe you ran into a woman that had some daddy issues. You know, you may have said something lovingly. You didn't mean anything bad, uh, bad about it or by it. And all of a sudden you get this, you're not my father. You're like, where did that come from? Now, daddy issues aren't limited to just women. They're not reserved for those who have had absentee or abusive fathers. Uh, daddy issues are prevalent in men and women. And those who have had fathers both present and absent. 
But here's what many of us fail to understand. Many times our daddy issues spill over into our relationship and our fellowship with God. It may not fall over into a direct correlation between you and God in terms of your failure to view God or accept God as your heavenly father. But because of a strained relationship with your earthly father, you can't really make it right with your heavenly father. Today, for a few moments, I want to talk to you from the thought how to claim God's promise when you don't like your parent. How to claim God's promise when you don't like your parent. And for some of you, if it's not a parent, just put father in there. Exodus chapter 20, verse 12 is our foundational passage. And it reads, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Now, God understands that the family is the foundational, most important institution in our society. It is through the family that people were to come to know God and discipleship was to take place. It was in the family that Trust and love and nurturing was to be established and displayed amongst one another. And God knows that as the family goes, so goes a society. But we have a problem in our society today. We've seen a major shift take place in our society. We have made a move from viewing children as those people who were to be seen and not heard, children who had no rights, children who many times were abused because they were treated like little adults, and they were put to work and they were punished for activities and crimes that they committed, even though their intellectual and emotional capacity was nowhere near their physical development. We move from that extreme to now a far extreme where now instead of children being seen and not heard, children think they are and have the right to be heard all the time. And because we have affirmed their personhood, now children feel like their opinion is right just because they have one. And if they can get two or three of their little friends to agree with them, now they know more than their mother or their father. And we've raised a generation of self-centered children who think it's more about them than it is about anybody else. We have literally ordered our world around their whims and their wishes. We have fueled their selfishness. Because we've literally made our lives about them and about what they want. And we're more committed to being liked by our children than being respected by our children. God reinforces the primacy of family in this commandment. This fifth commandment 
this first commandment of and with promise, that we are to honor our father and our mothers. Here's the first thing I want you to see if you're going to claim God's promise when you don't like your parent. Number one, you must realize all of us are commanded to honor our parents. All of us are commanded to honor our parents. What does it mean to honor your father and mother? The word honor there in this context means that we are to give respect to, esteem, reverence, and high regard to our parents. Matthew Henry says when we honor our parents, we respect them, we obey them, we submit to them, we listen to their advice, and we care for them when they are unable to care for themselves. Now, when God says, honor your parents, what does he mean? Well, he wants us to honor and respect those that he sovereignly used to bring us into this world. One of the things I need somebody to understand right now is that this command that God gives has no exceptions and no exemptions. In other words, God doesn't say honor your mother and father if they're good parents. And that's according to your opinion. Honor your mother and father if they're there. But if he's not there, then you can talk about him like a dog. He says, no, you have to learn how to honor and respect the one that God used to bring you into this world. Look at Mark 7.10. For instance, Moses gave you this law from God, honor your father and mother, and anyone who speaks disrespectfully of father or mother must be put to death. Ooh, you think children would act better if that was a... <laughs> Say, what you say? What you say? Kill him. <laughs> you get a whole lot of yes ma'ams and no ma'ams then, wouldn't you? To honor means to listen to the instructions of your parents to obey their instructions. Proverbs 1.8, hear my son your father's instruction and forsake not your mother's teaching. To honor means you show respect to your parents, even when they are of old age. That's not the time to disrespect them. That's the time to honor and respect them even more. Look at Proverbs 23.22. Listen to your father who gave you life and do not despise your mother when she is old. I like Leviticus 19.32. Let's read it together. You shall stand up before the gray head and honor the face of an old man, and you shall fear your God. I am the Lord. You know, there was a time, and maybe I'm, I'm telling my age now, when, when somebody old walked in, you stood up. And, and you honor them. I, I, I like to ride public transportation, especially when I'm out of the city or out of the country. And it always bothers me when I see a, a teenager or a kid sitting down 
and an elderly person get on and they're standing up. You know, sometimes I've even gone over and said, hey, 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 listen, man, be good. Man, offer your seat, man, to the, to the, to the older lady. But, but our children have not been raised with those values. And, and, and part of the reason I, I believe that they've been raised without those values is because some of us are so busy trying to look young that we haven't taught our children to respect gray hair. Say amen if you want to. I know I'm right. Man, if you go to Africa and you got some gray hair, you got power. They respect that. They honor that. But we so busy now trying to be the cool, hip grandmother and grandfather. Right? We don't, don't call me granny. I'm Gigi. I'm go-go. I'm, right? We, we don't want to be grandmothers no more. We, we want to live in denial of the age that God has blessed us with and the station in life that God has given us. To honor means you live in a way that brings happiness to your parents. Proverbs 10.1, the Proverbs of Solomon, a wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is a sorrow to his mother. Leviticus 19.3, each of you must show great respect for your mother and father, and you must always observe my Sabbath days of rest. I am the Lord your God. Listen, I want you to think about this. When God finishes telling you to honor him, he moves in that fifth commandment to teach us how to honor our fathers and our mothers. Why? Because he understands that that is a central relationship and key to the status of our society. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, well, wait a minute, man. You don't know what kind of father I have. You don't know what kind of mother I have. What you mean? You know, respect them, honor them, obey them. Well, look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. I want you to underline that phrase, in the Lord. Because I believe what many of us miss is, whenever we receive instruction from anybody that is counter to or contradictory of the word of God, we are obligated to obey God and not man. But this statement does not speak to your opinion. It speaks to the Word of God. And the problem for many of us is we think our opinion is as valuable as the Word, so if we have a disagreement of opinion, we don't realize that what should determine what we do is not what you think or what I think, but what God says. Um, I was listening to a radio broadcast and a woman called in and she had a prayer request for a husband. And so the lady responded to her and said, you're praying for a husband. She said, yeah, I'm praying that the Lord send me a husband. And she said, okay, well, what, what, what kind of man you want? And, and she went through this list, but, but here's what was amazing. None of it was really about God. It was about her. I want a man that sees the Lord the way I see him. 
and wants to serve the Lord the way I want to serve him. And, and I'm thinking, okay, but is there, is there anywhere in there? I mean, you just want a, a spiritual pool boy. That's what you want. You, you know, at, at, at the end of the day, do you want a man who's going to follow God? And are you going to follow God or you just want a man that's going to agree with you? Y'all don't have to say amen. I, I, I know I'm right. See, this word puts a limit on a child's obedience to make sure that that child's obedience is in alignment with the word of God because that parent's commands are in alignment with what? The word of God. And when we obey parents who are in the Lord, we are obeying the Lord. Here's the second thing. Number two. You must honor your father and mother irrespective of their actions or attitudes. Now, there's a difference between honor, respect, and obey. God says you must honor your father and your mother. You don't know my mama. You don't know my daddy. My daddy's my human sperm donor. I don't know him, don't want to know him. Because some of you have been so hurt and so angry for so long, you have moved from anger to bitterness, now from bitterness to apathy. You don't even care. And for you, if he was on fire, you wouldn't stop to pour a bucket of water on him. But I want you to look at this command that God gives. There are no conditions tied to it. There's none of this, well, yeah, honor him if you know him. Or honor him if you like him. Or honor him if you agree with everything he's done in life. That's not the command. The command is honor. Now, we know and we feel the pressure to honor our mothers. But typically, we find ourselves criticizing our fathers. What does this command of God require? You know what it requires? Obedience. Obedience. This command requires obedience. Listen to me carefully. Not on the part of your parents, but on your part. See, parents, parents have a whole nother set of accountability that they are required to keep with the Lord. But God says, what is your responsibility? How do you respond to your parent? Listen to me. How many reasons can you come up with to not honor your father? How legitimate are your pains? How great are your feelings? How long have you thought about it and justified the position you've taken to have nothing to do with your father, have nothing to do with your mother, to barely tolerate his existence. But God says you got to honor them. You have to honor them because God has sovereignly used them to bring you into this world. All the good that you've done that could never have been done if you were not in the world. 
You say, but you know what? Pastor, you don't understand. He wasn't in my life. Listen, you don't know the blessing it was that he wasn't. I, I mean, you've you got to understand, especially as a pastor. Listen, I hear people complain about the daddies they have. Then I hear some people complain about the daddies they didn't have. The daddy that did what they didn't think the daddy should have done. The daddy that didn't do what they thought he should have done. Like, I don't know if there's a person who is actually able to say, you know what? Man, my dad was a good dad. Like, those numbers are few and far between. And part of the reason is because our dads have a role to prepare us to live in the world that can be uncomfortable. My, my oldest son, uh, Marcus, was was mad at me for years. And uh, I would tell him, I'd say, son, you, you got to deal, deal with your anger towards me. Oh, Pop, I ain't angry at you. You know, just some stuff I ain't like and blah, 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 blah. No, it's anger. And you have to deal with it. And so one day we had a talk and we started talking about some things in the past, some things that were bothering him. And I, I said to him, I said, son, I said, I want you to listen to me carefully. I said, um, First of all, I wasn't trying to be your friend. I was your father. And your mama, like mothers will do, was preparing you to live at home. It's not my job to prepare you to live at home. It's my job to prepare you to live it in the world. And I was hard on you to get you ready to live in a hard world. I'm trying to teach you lessons of manhood to get you ready to live in the world. And can I tell you something? You don't have to like them. You don't have to agree with everything. You don't have to condone everything they've done. But God says you still have to honor them. Let me go one step further. Your willingness or unwillingness to honor your parent says more about your spiritual immaturity than it does about their failure as a parent. You say my dad is not my dad. When you in church... And you say you love God. And God says your failure to obey my command says more about who you are than who your daddy is not. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 3. But understand this, that in the last days there will be and there will come times of difficulty. Verse 2, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money. Proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy. God's talking about not just children, but he's talking about adults as well. So it doesn't matter what kind of parent you have. 
God says, I command you to honor. Let's go to the third thing. Oh, before we do that, though, I, I got to tell you this. You don't honor your parents because they deserve it or because it pleases them. You honor your parents to please God. It's not about them. This is about you and your relationship to God. This is not an approval of their negative behavior. This is not an approval of their dysfunction. This is you saying, God, I am going to live in a way that pleases you. And I'm not going to let the pain inflicted upon me in my past keep me from loving you and serving you as you have called me to do in my present. Look at Micah chapter 7, verse 6. Because when you fail to honor your parents, you bring hatred to your own home and family. Look at verse 6. For the son treats the father with contempt. The daughter rises up against her mother, the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Your enemies are members of your own household. Yeah, this, this is a picture of people who are really not a family. They just share the same address. And if you want your children to honor you, How can they honor you when you don't display honor to them? If you won't honor your mother and father, then how do you expect them to learn how to honor you? Here's the third thing. Number three, honoring your father and mother will result in you being blessed by the Lord. Will result in you being blessed by the Lord. Two great promises attached to this commandment, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord has given you, that your days may be long. Look at A, when you honor your parents, your life on earth will be extended. Not necessarily longevity in terms of years, although that may be the case, but an extension of your life. Why? Because those days, that literal or figurative day, that time period that God gives you on earth can be a time filled with joy and happiness or tension and strife. And a tension-filled home, a home full of arguing and bickering and abuse and divisiveness is not the kind of home that facilitates long living. And if you read the book of Proverbs, when you reject the teaching of your mother and father, listen, if you live long enough, you'll start seeing yourself and hearing yourself looking and sounding just like your father or just like your mom. Yeah, if you live long enough, you start walking like, you start saying the same phrases and look at yourself and say, man, you sound just like dad. Because that's the model that you have. Maxie Dunham 
President Emeritus of Ashbury Theological Seminary made a statement I thought was interesting. He said, I believe one of the primary reasons Judaism has survived across the years is precisely its family structure. The Jews survived the Holocaust and thousands of years of anti-Semitism because the Jewish family had a sense of identity and a sense of order. It doesn't matter where the family is on the Sabbath. When the Sabbath comes, they stop and pray. It didn't matter what Hitler and all the powers of Nazism did and said. When the Passover came, it was time to tell the story, even if the family was gathered in a concentration camp. There was a sense of order and identity that gave them roots and strength and perspective and discipline. At the heart of the family structure was a reverence for parents, a high regard, a respect, and esteem for the older members of the family. The elderly were honored and cared for. What has hurt us as a people? I would say more than anything else, the deliberate destabilization and destruction of the black family. The, the intentionality of destroying that family structure and us in our pain still living that out and trying to overcome those dysfunctions that have been ingrained in us over years. Then let me give you an example. My grandfather passed in 1984 my maternal grandfather. He was 86 years old, which means he was born in 1898. Next to my dad, he is the most influential person in my life, born in 1898. Eighth grade education, 1898, which means that 1898, even though he was not born in slavery, he shook the hands of people who were enslaved. He interacted with people who were taught that they were animals and not human beings, that they were three-fifths of a person. He interacted with and was influenced by people who were taught that men were animals to be bred, and they were taught and taken and moved from family to family and from plantation to plantation to get the best working stock. This is a man that I shook hands with. This is a man who loved me. This is a man who taught me how to pray. Who taught me how to live as a man. What I'm trying to communicate to you is that we haven't come that far. My hope and my prayer for this generation of men, these young millennials, is that they'll be better dads than I was. I tried to be a better dad than my dad. My dad tried to be a better dad than his dad. But we have struggled trying to find that, that place of manhood and fatherhood and, and, and husbandry. We, we, because we, 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 were, we were raised in a system by people that that had failed for. Look at B. When you honor your parents, you will inherit the blessings God has for you. Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, God refers to that promised land that has been promised to the children of Israel. But I believe the promise is bigger than that. 
I believe figuratively when God talks about the promised land and we talk about applying that into our, lad, into our lives today, I believe God wants us to understand that he can bless us with blessings that nobody else can give us when we honor him. That we can live in a place of blessing. That we can live in a place of peace. Matter of fact, can I go one step further? I believe much of the problem that we see and the problems in our society today is rooted in the disrespect in our homes. See, when I cannot respect and do not respect and choose not to respect those who have authority over me in my home, and as parents, when I'm more concerned about being my child's friend than being their father or their mother, and I want to look like a child instead of act like a man. And I'm so afraid that my children are not going to like me because I don't like myself. That I live my life to please them instead of living my life to honor God. Then I create this monster that we're seeing in our society today. Folk haven't been taught, our children haven't been taught to take orders at home, so they don't want to take orders in the workplace. And I ain't just talking about our children, I'm talking about some of y'all <laughs> who can't keep a job. That boss talking to me like, he's the boss. That's what bosses do. They tell you stuff you don't want to hear. They hold you accountable. I, man, that boss tripping. He docked me because I was late. What time you get there? Ten after? What time was you supposed to be there? Nine o'clock? But I'm just saying, why he tripping like that? Because you late. Well, it was only ten minutes late. You late! I told you, number one, you must realize all of us are commanded to honor our parents. Number two, you must honor your father and mother irrespective of their actions or attitudes. Number three, honoring your father and mother will result in you being blessed by the Lord. Here's the fourth and final thing. Number four, if you're going to honor your parents as God commands, you must learn to forgive your parents. If you're going to honor them, if you're going to claim this promise, but you don't like the parent or the person, you have to learn to forgive your parents. We live in a day of criticism, harsh criticism. We live in a day where everything is relative, and if I don't like it, then I don't have to accept it. And let's be honest. Most of the problems we have with our parents is because of their failure to live up to our expectations. Now, I understand it, right? Because when you were growing up, man, your dad, your mom, I mean, they, they were perfect, right? He's the biggest, he's the strongest, he's the smartest. She's the most beautiful. She, she's the most talented. I mean, we, we look at our parents and it's like, wow. And then when we grow up, we find out that they're human beings, 
with cracks and faults and shortcomings. And, and, and we find out that they're not perfect, that they're not the strongest, they're not the best, they're not the smartest, and they make mistakes. And we don't like the fact that our fathers in particular don't live up to our image. We have this ideal, and it's somewhere between Leave it to Beaver and the Cosby Show. We, I'm, I'm trying to expand the age group in here. I know some of y'all don't miss the first reference, but. See, see we want Heathcliff Cliff Huxtable as our dad when when, when our, our dads are, are more like the Simpsons and, and married with children, you know, we got some dysfunction in there. So, so we walk around saying, boy, if, if I had a better daddy. But you don't need to be a better daddy to start being a better man. You can be a better man, a better father, a better grandfather right now. You can be a better mother, a better grandmother, a better wife, a better husband right now. Why? Because from everybody you can learn something. You can learn what to do and you can learn what not to do. So how can you honor your father and your mother when you don't like who they are or you don't like what they've done? How can you honor them when you don't even know them? God says you've got to forgive them. What about if they die and they're gone? God said you've got to forgive them and you've got to let it go. Listen, shame on you if you let a person who's in the grave keep you from being blessed while you're still alive. Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same. Romans chapter 12, go to verse 19. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink, for by so doing you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. My brothers and my sisters, listen to me carefully. I don't want you to miss this today. There's a promise that God has given. That promise is there. And that promise is there irrespective of what you have gone through or experienced in life. Your pain may be legitimate. I'm not questioning that. The hurt is there. But if you don't handle that right, you can't claim the promise that God has for you.
I don't know about you, but I don't want a blessing that God has for me left on the table. Listen to me carefully. I have never seen anybody go to a Christmas tree and leave a present under it, unopened, that had their name on it. If your name is on it, you want it. God says the promise is there. I want to bless your life. I want to lengthen your life. I want to give you peace of mind, peace in your spirit. But you can't claim the promise until you learn how to honor and respect the person. What have they done for me? What has he done for me? God has sovereignly used that person to bring you into this world. And if you can't celebrate any other gift, celebrate that gift. The gift of life and the opportunity that God has given you now to have eternal life. Father, we thank you and bless you. And I pray now for somebody under the sound of my voice, God. Um, you've blessed us. And, and there are those who are under the sound of my voice who have relationships with their fathers in varying degrees and on various levels. Uh, some have a very, very close relationship even right now. While others never knew who their father was. God, whatever that span is, help us to know that the promise that you made in your word is a promise that's made regarding our relationship with you. And you give us an opportunity to make it right with you even if it's been wrong with others on earth. Somebody today, God, who is angry, give them the power, God, in you to release it, to let it go. Things that they didn't accept, things that they don't condone, things that they don't go along with. Help them to know, God, your word is still true. And help them to see that even in honoring those who you have used to bring us into this world, there is redemption even in that because we give them an opportunity to see God's love up front and in a very real way. Where our prayers fall short, make up the difference. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.